All right, all right, everyone, take your seats, please. We're about to begin. This time, we're talking about how to engage with our thoughts. Take your seats, please. Hello, and welcome to the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create a healthy mindset, sustainable habits, and to engage with the thoughts that allow you to become your best self. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I'm Brock Armstrong. All right. In the last episode, we talked about some ways to choose which thoughts are actually worthy of our attention and which ones can be just allowed to float away or kick to the curb or whatever you plan to do with it. But if a thought or an issue is actually deemed to be deserving of your attention, well, then what quality of attention will be most fruitful? Do we want to go to battle, wrestle, or resist? Or do we want to explore, diffuse, and work with? So in this episode, we'll give you the tools to know how to engage with those thoughts in the most effective way possible. Right. And just so you know, uh, we're not saying that you never want to choose to go to battle. You may feel like we've already tipped our hand there. There's Mm. actually room for a lot of different approaches, but we'll get into that in a minute. We always love to share notes that we're getting from listeners or from the other people that we're working with or just things that we're working on. And this week, we got a great note from one of the members of our Way Less program, and she wrote in our group forum the other day, I actually witnessed myself having a thought as I walked into the kitchen that went like this, ugh, I'm having a crappy day, I need to eat something. (laughs) And then... A voice, which sounded a little like Brock, said, that won't really make you feel better. I'm in your head. (laughs) So she says, I walked away from the kitchen shrugging and sighing and thinking, oh, well, back to work. There's surely a way to fix this issue. And poof, the urge to eat was gone. And then, I love this last part, then I could hear Monica's voice in my head saying, ta-da, evidence, you can do this. (laughs) Brock, they don't even need us anymore. They're no. completely self-coaching. <laughs> Our work here is done. <laughs> it, it, apparently, now we have become, I, I picture us as those little cartoon versions of ourselves, like one sitting on one shoulder and one sitting on the other shoulder, just right. sort of whispering in, in her ear. Well, I was just sorry that her little quote from you didn't involve any words that I could make fun of your Canadian accent. Just didn't didn't set it up for me. Yeah, no, there isn't. I can't think of anything in there that doesn't sound totally boring as well. <laughs> but I do really applaud the uh, the idea here is that those urges really can come and go. And all we need to do sometimes is distract ourselves. And And I love that she actually worked through that in, in her own head in terms of if I just go and solve this problem that I'm working on, then I don't need to snack and I don't need to fret about it. I just need to solve this issue. And she did. And there it went. Right. And the other thing that I love that this points out is that we can engage with our thoughts if we can catch ourselves having them. She said, mm-hmm. I actually witnessed myself having the thought. And that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time working on in this podcast and with our clients is, is just tuning in to the thoughts so that you can choose how you want to engage with them. Because sometimes that uh, narrative is just kind of running in the background without our conscious awareness. So this is actually a great illustration of what we were talking about in last week's episode. And also, my friends, that is a perfect example of mindfulness. 
<laughs> see how it happened on the fly. It wasn't about setting 20 minutes aside to go sit in a quiet room on a pillow. And uh, that is what mindfulness is, is being able to witness your own thoughts in the moment, no matter what you're doing, and then be able to evaluate and, and take action on them. Exactly. It's, uh, I, it really, I, I, I know I keep repeating this, that mindfulness has gotten this bad rap of being something that you need to set aside time to do, but it's not. It's actually something we should be doing or that we want to incorporate into our everyday life. And moment-to-moment awareness is really all it is. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Before we get into the topic, let's do a quick recap of the previous episode, but hopefully you've already listened to it. If you haven't, then go back and check it out. But in the previous episode, we talked about how we actually have thousands of thoughts per day. And in fact, it was 6,000 distinct thoughts that uh, that we found was the latest science on it. And that the vast majority of them are actually not worth putting any energy into. So there are ways to know whether we need to or we want to acknowledge these thoughts at all, or if they're just a a passing fancy. But today we're actually going to take the next step. And once we've deemed that thought as being something worthy of, of more introspection, then, well, then we have some choices to make. I mean, what are we going to do with that thought? That's right. We've decided it's worth our energy. What kind of energy do we want to bring? to this encounter. Because the words that we use to talk about what's going on in our lives, even just to ourselves, they really set the tone for how we engage with these events. So Mm -hmm. some of the words that we often use evoke combat, like battling with an impulse or fighting an urge. Other words might have more of an underdog tone, like we're struggling to understand something. But we can also be playful. We might talk about dancing around an idea or maybe even entertaining a thought. Hmm. We could choose words that serve to sort of minimize what we're doing. We're just figuring it out. We're just dealing with it. We could distance ourselves from a thought by taking a look at it, or we could bring it close to us by digging into it. And one of the points that I want to make here is that there's no one right answer. What you really want to do is consider how these different approaches and these words make you feel about whatever it is that you're engaging with and whether that feeling is serving you well. So for example, if going to battle against something makes you just feel invincible, then that might be exactly the tone that you want. If it triggers your post-traumatic stress disorder, however, that might not be so helpful. Yikes. No, definitely not. Now, for me, I was just thinking about what an example of like going to battle with a, with a thought or with an idea would feel like. And, and the first thing that came into my head was an example of this might be deciding that you want to stop unnecessary online shopping or frivolous spending like altogether just cold turkey just you're going to go to battle with that impulse of just going online and spending money and you decide that there's no fooling around you're just going to stop you're going to put rules in place and you're going to stick to them and and this can be a way to well to really have gone to battle or to have set yourself up in an adversarial position with that thought. And as much as we talked about in the last episode that you don't necessarily want to go to battle with your own brain, Mm -hmm. in this case, you're actually going, you're siding with your brain, but you're putting some rules in place with your brain. So I I really like the, the idea that sometimes we actually do want to take a stand against those thoughts and and do some battle. But maybe not always, you know, I mean, If the thought of playing around with an idea or trying on different approaches, if that makes you feel 
creative and kind of nimble and flexible, that could be a great stance to take when you're problem solving um, something. But if that just sort of makes you feel flighty and ungrounded, then maybe that's not a great stance for you to take. Yeah, right. So I guess an example of that, I guess, sticking with my my whole stopping unwanted spending instead of being like the traffic cop that just says no more spending, you can sort of fool around with it a little bit and think, well, let's see how long I can go without doing any unnecessary or frivolous spending or I'm only allowed to do some frivolous spending once I've won the lottery <laughs> or once the kids have moved out or or just some some fun, maybe absurd kind of ideas, but it, it gets you to the same place. It's just a little more I don't know, playful, a little more fun, a little more creative. And sometimes just opening up that creativity is really the key to to unlocking those uh, breakthroughs. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we need to take that really rigid, like you said, no fooling around stance, but sometimes that kind of shuts us down and we can lighten up and bring a little bit more air into the room by, by yeah, not going to battle against something. So you, you get to choose, but being attuned to our language and the imagery and the emotions that those evoke can be super helpful because it allows us to choose the tone that we want to create for ourselves in relation to a given subject. For example, I've had loved ones who have fought or battled cancer, but I've had others who have dealt with it or lived with it. I've had friends who went to the mat for their beliefs. And I've had other friends who simply flew their flags proudly. And, you know, they were all equally committed to their convictions. They just had really different ways of expressing it. And I'd also just point out that it may not be always the same thing for us. We may want to choose different tones for different situations. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this in terms of my own self, and I know you've accused me of being stoic before, and I've brought up the <laughs> fact that I was in a Buddhist group for a while and stuff, but I, I feel like with myself, I often choose a different version of myself, like you said, hmm. with the different different tones. Um, so I might choose the more Zen Brock for some thoughts, or I might, might choose the more stoic Brock for mm. other things, but most of the time I, I try to take it easy on myself, but other times it's really really important to take that aggressive stance. So really the the tone is adjustable to whatever the situation is and and I know we all have these inner selves that we can call upon for specific situations when we need them. Yeah, I mean I tease you a lot Brock because you really like to crush a workout like that. <laughs> and for me that always like makes me wince. It just evokes images of crushed body parts or something like that. But I know for oh, you no. <laughs> that means you had a great workout. But for me to have a great workout would be one that I cruised through or one that I sailed mm. through, you know, mm -hmm. and um, that's what makes me feel motivated. And, you know, either one works, but we both have different styles with that for sure. Sure. I think what's important is to make sure that the ways that you express your relationship to the situations that you're choosing to engage with are working for you. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we're tempted to just adopt language or tone from the people around us or from the sort of popular culture without even realizing that that may not be consonant with what we need. You know, I definitely don't want to crush a workout. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that. But you know, we just might not realize that 
going to battle with something makes us feel exhausted instead of making us feel pumped up the way it might make somebody else feel. Right. I'm basically like we're saying the same thing when you say that you cruise through a workout and I say I crushed it. We mean the same thing, but those words evoke a different feeling just because, well, you know, the, the, I think I got that from the culture that I was sort of embroiled in there for a while in the triathlon world and endurance um, sport community. Crushing a workout was something that everybody said. So I adopted that language to mean something different than what you uh, what you would see from from the outside. So Mm. it really isn't a matter of, like you said, right or wrong or good or bad. It really is whether it's in alignment with what makes you feel either exhausted or pumped up. Right. And again, this is another example of how helpful it can be just to be attuned to Mm. what we're thinking and feeling instead of just letting it go on autopilot. Yeah. And just one more time, I just want to really make sure that everybody understands the point of like a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast, we, we remind you that it has to be right for you. It doesn't matter what the author of the wonderful book that you just read said or the your favorite Instagram influencer said or your favorite meme on on Facebook if it doesn't resonate with you and doesn't elicit the right response in you then it's not the right solution for you it doesn't mean it's wrong for everybody it just means that it's not the right one for you so being very choosy and very particular about the the language that you're using for your own situation in this particular moment is really valuable it's a really important step to take Yeah, you know, just going back to that example of how people deal with a diagnosis of cancer, I remember Mm. reading uh, a lot of literature that was trying to tease apart, I'll choose that word, um, how somebody's attitude about this diagnosis affected their prognosis. And they were able to see, I think this was specifically for women with breast cancer, and some women got pissed off, Mm. like, oh, hell no, you know, and some women um, really decided that what they needed to do was create the most nurturing possible environment for them to, you know, heal in. And some women really just dismissed it. It was like, I got better things to do. I'm going to take care of this, but I am focused on, you know, other things and what's after that. I don't have time for this. (laughs) And I don't think that it's clear that any one of those positions predisposes, you know, determines your outcome or is better for your outcome. I think what's far more important is that you've thought about like, does this feel good to me? Do I, do I want to, you know, be Joan of Arc and, you know, sailing into battle against this? Does that make me feel powerful? Great. If, if it just makes me feel stressed, then I don't have to fight this cancer. You know, I can adopt a different stance. Yeah, I really like that example. But I just to reassure everybody, you don't have to apply this only to life threatening. No, I illnesses. know that's a heavy <laughs> example. But that's a heavy, it's a great example. But it is a it is a little heavy. I just wanted to make sure that everybody understands like this can be like my silly example of just wanting to cut back on frivolous spending. It doesn't have to be a, a life threatening illness. But the the point still stands that I think Often our first reaction, our first sort of gut reaction to something is is likely the the correct one, but it's mm. still worth working through some of the some of the other feelings just to see what else might be out there, what other options are available to you. Yeah, and that's a good point, Brock. We can apply this to a problem that we're trying to solve, a habit that we're trying to break, a decision we're trying to make, you know, any number of, of things. It doesn't have to be the big things. But the point is, and then circling back to our previous episode, 
which is sort of part one of this. Part one is, do I want to engage with this thought? And then part two is what we're talking about today. Once we've decided we do want to engage with a thought or a challenge or a situation, it's important to decide what sort of energy we want to bring to that engagement. Okay, so the big takeaways for me so far in this conversation have been that being aware of the language that we choose to use when we're dealing with a thought, well, that can really affect the way that we approach it. So choosing that language appropriately is is important. And not all thoughts should be handled with that same language or that same approach or even the same attitude. We should also make sure that we are choosing the approach that suits us. And just because an approach works for someone else doesn't mean it's the right one for you or the right one in that particular situation. And finally, trying different approaches for the same thought can actually be an effective way to deal with an issue. So don't give up after just one try. And that's exactly what we're going to practice in the lab experiment for today. So first you want to just choose a situation or a thought that you've decided deserves your attention, something you've decided to work on and engage with, and just write down a few sentences about it. Just describe it, just free write for a paragraph or so. And then go back and read what you've written and see if you can pick up the tone that you are using to describe this. You could ask yourself, What verbs am I using? What metaphors am I using? And how do these make me feel about this? And then as Brock was saying, you can experiment with some alternatives. Can you think of other language or other metaphors to describe that situation that would create a different feeling for you? And then obviously at the end, you want to think about which one you prefer, which approach makes you feel better about that. So once you've figured out what tone fits best, well, now you're ready to tackle, hug, tickle, or analyze (laughs) the issue, whatever you prefer. All right. I can't wait to find out how this goes for everyone. So make sure to send us a note or give us a note on social media. You can find us. We are changeacpod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us on all three of those, and we'd be happy to hear how the lab experiment turns out for you. So make sure you share with us. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're Change ACPOD.